This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. The Piano Lesson is one of many plays August Wilson wrote that explored the black experience in America. The production opens this Friday at Hartford Stage. Today, where we live, we hear from the director and one of the lead actors about her role in The Piano Lesson and what she learned about family relationships and the importance of legacy. Later, we'll find out how The Piano Lesson encouraged Connecticut residents to open up about their family past and share the meaning of heirlooms passed down through generations. We want to hear from you this hour. Are you an August Wilson fan? What meaning have you taken from his plays? Have you held on to your family stories and heirlooms? And how have they shaped your life? You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email where we live at WMPR.org. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. I want to welcome Jade King Carroll to the studio. She's director of the Piano Lesson at Hartford Stage. Welcome to the show, Jade. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So for our listeners who don't know much about August Wilson, tell us about his legacy. Uh, August Wilson is one of the greatest and most important American playwrights, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of other people. He wrote all about the African-American experience in America, specifically in Pittsburgh. Nine out of ten of the plays take place in Pittsburgh's Hill District, where he grew up. And he he chronicles the entire 20th century. So each play takes place in a different decade. And they're very intimate. All the plays take place in um, outside of Ma Rainey. They, they take place in a backyard or in a living room or in a, a, a place that is safe to be yourself with your family and your people. So it's, a, it's a, an amazing way in to celebrate who we are with the doors closed. Pittsburgh's Hill District is an important uh, part of the city. Um, I lived there for many years, and the Hill District uh, was a poor black neighborhood, but it was rich in culture, mm-hmm. and that's where August Wilson grew up. Unfortunately, um, if you're a hockey fan um, out there, the Civic Arena, which was uh, Pittsburgh's urban renewal project, they built that in the Hill District. Many people were displaced. Mm-hmm. It changed the fabric of the Hill forever, disconnected it from downtown. And August Wilson saw the impact of that. But he also learned about the stories of the people just by listening to people on, on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, he would go sit in, in uh, cafes and Eddie's Restaurant, which is mentioned in the play, and just write on napkins and, and take in. So you really feel the, the language, the way he uses. He started off as a poet. He is a poet. Mm-hmm. And the way he uses language is um, so important to the plays because he literally captured it. I have an original um, copy of Seven Guitars that Ruben gave me when I assistant directed him over a decade ago. And it's a lot of the monologues didn't land in the uh, final production of Seven Guitars, but they landed in King Headley. Mm-hmm. You could just tell that he was just taking all of these um, people's voices and, and putting them in. And a lot of the, I know in the piano lesson, the, the setting of being in the hill at a time during the Great Depression in the 1930s. Can mm-hmm. you talk about the black migration from the south to the north to places like Pittsburgh? Yeah. Um, it was, I, I don't know, there's a wonderful book called The Warmth of Other Suns that I, I, I used as a, as a research um, guide to get into the, this play. But there was such a time of, of people leaving, and it's right after the Depression, mm-hmm. Um, the play takes place in 1936, but it was a time when it was one of the first times when black people had a a choice of where they were going, and the North was uh, often thought of as an easier place to be 
as an African-American, the, one of the central characters in this play is deciding to go back down south, which is a, um, there's a line in the play that says, uh, uh, I think the world would be a better place if we all just stayed in one place. And that's not what was happening at this time. So people were rediscovering who they were in, in different soil. This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. In studio with me is Jade King Carroll, director of the Piano Lesson at Hartford Stage. It opens this weekend. And we wanted to talk about this play because of the um, the themes that August Wilson brought out. You mentioned the century cycle a little bit earlier, and that was um, August Wilson's uh, attempt to write a play that represented each decade um, in, the, in the lives of black Americans. Can you talk specifically about um, the themes that we see um, throughout the century cycle, including in the piano lesson? It's all about legacy. It's about celebrating our past and who we are. Um, we were just, before we started, we were talking a little bit about Fences. August uh, can turn, he celebrates, turns a garbage man into a king, you know, he celebrates us for exactly who we are, where we are, when we are. And I think that's, that's what, and, and it's so specific to time and place and culture, which is what attracts me to continue to, to, to work on August Wilson. And in Piano Lesson, um, it's about how we, how we look at where we've been and um, how we treat our legacy and Without acknowledging where we've been, we can't move forward, um, which is one of the, the central themes of the play. I think it's, I think that's in all of the plays, though. He talks about um, the importance of of learning about your past and and, and helping that um, helping yourself in the present. Can we talk about um, August Wilson's um, upbringing? It is an interesting upbringing. I know he he was his father was a, a German mm-hmm. uh, who had migrated uh, to uh, to Pittsburgh. His mother was black, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like he was in a stable home growing up. No, he li- he lived above Bella's, which was a, a little little shop in the Hill District. And actually, the architectural part of the the home he grew up is on our set. Mm-hmm. It's um, I, I wanted a little bit of Pittsburgh specific. So I, I put I put the Wilson house uh, on the set as the the next the house next door to the Charles house. Charles is the the family in the piano lesson. Um, I know you know it's interesting because I think he's one of our our I I, I know he's you know one of our greatest playwrights in, in in the world, and he dropped out of college. He dropped out of high school. Um, someone one of his teachers thought he plagiarized something. And he wasn't getting respect, and he went and studied, taught himself, and studied in the library, and wrote, and listened to the culture, and walked down the streets, and looked at his people, and said, "I want to do something different." Um, you know, bought a typewriter, and and Jitney was actually the first play he wrote, but then came back to it in the '90s. He wrote it in the '70s, and then came back to it in the '90s after uh, he had had uh, quite a few Broadway shows. And all of his plays now that Jitney is going to Broadway. Uh, Ruben Santiago Hudson's directing it. It's going to Broadway this winter, which will mean all ten of his plays. He's got one other one-man show, but all ten of his plays of the century cycle have been to Broadway, which is a feat. Mm. One of the reasons he's seen as one of the greatest dramatists mm-hmm. in the 20th century. Um, when we talk about the piano lesson, tell us a little bit about the backstory. 
some of the characters. We're going to we're going to um, hear from one of the leads in the next uh, in the next segment. But walk us through the storyline. Oh, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but there's a, and one of the things that's great is we're using the original piano. Legacy is so important mm. to, to me. But we're we are using the original piano. But it's there's this piano at the at the center of the the story that um, the characters great-granddaddy carved for uh, the, the, the people who own them. They're, they're slave owners. Um, and, and all of the faces, all of their history is in this piano. All the spirits, um, their ancestors are in the band. Ancestors were very important to August and, and very prominent in his work. Um, but they're, they're all in that piano. And... Um, so the brother, the sister, has migrated after her husband was killed, and the brother comes up north to get the piano so he can buy the land um, that his family worked as slaves. So it's 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 a, a a wonderful seesaw of of do we do we keep our past do we do we keep our past and sit on it without recognizing it or or do we use it to move forward um, or how do we acknowledge this piano how do we use this piano is is the the quintessential question um and it's been great because um my father is a composer and wrote all original music for this production that we worked on for almost a year just beat by beat what we were trying to say so it was it's really important the music has been really important to me as an artist and then this piano and the fact that this brother and sister's father died over this piano and then working with my father on creating what emanates from it has been uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a, a joy and something that doesn't happen often but it can happen with an August Wilson play and how did your father get involved with the production I hired him <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually I got I got involved in theater mm. by um, being inspired by watching my father work and uh, I'm not a musician at all but sitting on that side of the table I I tease and say only only jazz musicians supplement their income with theater, <laughs> um, but he's he's an amazing composer and you know did the original having her say on Broadway did the original um, for colored girls who have considered suicide the original the original movie not the Tyler Perry movie in the eighties and I so I always sat uh, with that vantage point mm-hmm. of watching the shows come together like that and. Um, Knew I wanted to be a director and tell tell the stories holistically rather than from the inside. Um, yeah, you were talking about inspiration. Um, I understand that August Wilson was inspired by a painting by Romare Bearden mm-hmm. to write the piano lesson. Mm-hmm. He had he had his uh, um, four B's: Borges, uh, the poet; mm-hmm. Baraka, the blues, and Bearden. And uh, there's a beautiful Bearden poem of a little girl. And I, he's got articles, uh, interviews that I've read. And it, it started off wanting to be about that little girl and writing writing this mother's story and what, what this migration story is. What, what was this piano? What is the lesson of the piano? Um, and it ended up having that and so much more. But I'm speaking with Jade King Carroll director of The Piano Lesson at Hartford Stage, a play by August Wilson. When we come back, we'll hear from one of the lead actors in the production, and we'll learn about how family history and legacy play an important part. 
You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. This is where we live. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. What does it mean to understand our family history? How does it shape who we are? It's a question the characters in August Wilson's play The Piano Lesson Wrestle With. The production opens this Friday at Hartford Stage. In studio with me is director Jade King Carroll. And joining us now is Christina Acosta Robinson. She plays Bernice in The Piano Lesson. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Tell us about your character. My character, Bernice, is... Um a woman who has lost a lot, um, and uh, and she's moved up north from from Mississippi after her husband was murdered. Um, murdered by white men. Uh, murdered by white men. Yeah, and uh, she's lost her father over the piano and her mother um, over kind of a broken heart over losing her husband. So. She uh, starts the play in a lot of in a lot of pain, uh, and she's trying to move on from this. And I I think preserving the piano is her way of uh, protecting herself and and her family from more tragedy. Um, how did you get involved in the production? And when you were cast as Bernice, did you think back to what legacy meant to you personally? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I try to use that um, in the show. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'm really, really honored to be playing this part right now. I almost didn't expect expect it until I until I was a little older, to be honest. But I am so grateful to be doing this at this time. Uh, my family, personally, um, my family is Dominican, and they migrated um, in the '70s um, to to uh, Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh, actually, and um, and carried with them a wealth of, of stories that they passed on to me and just growing up with all that um, tradition and, and history. And it's really shaped who I, who I am. So it's, it's been, yeah, it's, a great, it's great, great to be able to apply that to. There's a lot of tension in the play between Bernice and Boy Willie, who is her brother. Yes, um, yes. Jade, could we go, turn back to you? Can you tell us about Boy Willie? He's he is uh, as as Wilson says better than anybody. He's a man born into a time of fire. Um, he's incredibly smart, incredibly passionate. He's just gotten out of uh, Parchment Farm uh, Penitentiary. That he's spent the past three years in, he's 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 lost a friend. He has an opportunity of a lifetime, and his 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 life is at stake. This is this is his way out. This is his way to have something under his feet, something that belongs to him, something that the family's never had. And I I, I believe uh, I I I don't want to use the word ambition, but I elite, I believe his his goals um, are to provide. To be able to provide, to be able to provide for Bernice's daughter, to 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 have a future, to have to have something that belongs to him to stand on, um, and that's 
unfortunately, that was that was rare for our people in 1936. And he has a plan. He's got a one, two, three plan, and he's he's going after it with all he has. Um, and it revolves around that piano. Mm-hmm. We have a clip we'd like to play. It's of Clifton Duncan, who is uh, playing Boy Willie in August Wilson's The Piano Lesson at Hartford Stage. Let's take a listen. If my daddy had seen where he could have traded that piano in for some land of his own, it wouldn't be sitting up there right now. He spent his whole life farming on somebody else's land. I ain't going to do that. See, he couldn't do no better. When he come along, he ain't had nothing he could build on. His daddy ain't had nothing to give him. The only thing my daddy had to give me was that piano, and he died over giving me that. And I ain't gonna let it just sit up there and rot without trying to do something with it. And if Bernice can't see that, then I'm gonna go on and sell my half. And you and one boy know I'm right. So we hear uh, Boy Willie talking about that piano. He wants to sell that piano as a way to not only honor his relatives, but to build on his heritage. But Bernice doesn't want to do that. No, Bernice is not having that at all, is she? <laughs> well, they want the same thing. They just want it different. Um, they, they're both trying to, he's trying to build on uh, his legacy, and she's trying to preserve it by holding on to this piano. So both of them fervently want the same thing, just in different ways. Mm-hmm. Can we can we talk about the the role of the female the strong female role that we find throughout August Wilson's uh, cycle plays? Um, Jade uh, Bernice, obviously a very strong woman. Is this something that you know? Did August Wilson draw upon um, how his impressions of his mother growing up, who raised him and his siblings? There's oh, no. There's a wonderful introduction. I think it's to Seven Guitars about the smells of his mother's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I absolutely think he was inspired by. I, I know he was inspired by by his own life and 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 by his mother, and and by his daughter. His, you know, Azula Azula named Radio Golf. Um, the women in his life and in all of August's characters are extremely important and and shape who they are and allow them to to have the the strength and the freedom that they have. The piano lessons have been staged many, many times. What are you bringing to this production that's different, Jade? You know, I, this is my third time staging it, and my, my um, I've worked on it a couple of times as dramaturgs and uh, and the like. And I, it's just it's one of the great American it's one of the great world dramas, um, and it deals with Lorraine Hansberry says you only get the universal through the specific and it's so specific I said it before through time and place and culture um, and who and who we are as a people what we want what we deserve what we love how we tell stories how we use language um, how we use music uh, so I just I just want to get to the truth I just want to go deeper. I worked with I had the the joy of working with um, James Earl Jones last year, and he said it's not about it's not about new leaves; it's about deeper roots. And that's what I think of every time I I come back to this play. Talk about the history of the piano lesson here in Connecticut, um, being staged at the Yale Repertory Theater, and then the piano, the original piano, how that's been brought, the legacy of that. Yeah, we're using we're using we put some new sculptures on it, but we're using the original piano from the original production that Lloyd and August and Sam Jackson, which is again, is like in finding that truth and telling the play as much legacy as we can bring to it. Um, but between the O'Neill 
where I had the, the opportunity of, of directing this summer, and Yale Rep and now Hartford, it's uh, it's it's steeped. The piano lesson is steeped and, and was born in Connecticut. Mm. There's also an element of the supernatural in the piano lesson. There is. I don't. I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> you don't want to give too much away. <laughs> but can we talk about um, maybe why August Wilson used uh, the spirituality? Um, I'm sorry, the supernatural. Was it a connection to uh, the roots of African spirituality of his characters? You know, I can't. I can't answer that. But I can say that in every August Wilson play, something larger than life happens. Um, and and I think, I think the plays give give the audience and the actors a chance to cleanse their souls. And in this play, it's it it happens. Um, in a in a supernatural in a supernatural way, and and, and it's the first scene. Um, you see the ghost of the. You hear about the ghost of the, the, family that owned the Charles family, and um, what they have to face, to overcome that, and and to truly to truly have ownership over them themselves and that piano, um, and their family, and move forward and. You know, let let those demons go, and how they how they have to come together to do that. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. I'm speaking to Jade King Carroll, director of the piano lesson at Hartford Stage. It opens this weekend. Also in studio with me is Christina Acosta Robinson, who plays Bernice in the piano lesson at Hartford Stage. Uh, can we talk a little bit more about? Um, knowing our family stories, because some of them can be painful, and we don't want to embrace them and pass them on uh, to our children, our grandchildren. But what have you learned about um, legacy, um, the lessons of knowing about your past? Well, this play has taught me a lot about it. Um, I, In this play, I have a 10-year-old daughter who I refuse to pass on the stories uh, behind the piano. I just have her playing on it. I don't even have her playing blues. I just have her playing for Elise, you know. She, um, and I think um, throughout the course of the play, little by little, um, especially at the end, uh, it's just something that you cannot deny, that you have with you, your past as part of you, and as much as as painful as it may be for some people, it's not something that you can ignore because it's it's going to um, erupt eventually. Jade, just the the, uh, the lessons of, of legacy and what that's taught you personally. You know, I um, I'm I had a very fortunate childhood. And um, my father, we had, you know, I had from slavery to freedom, and we'd have our own Black History course <laughs> once a week for an hour. And and um, and when I got to be thirty, he gave me a packet of photos of the family. We had a family wall growing up, and told me some stories that I didn't know about my family. And he said, "I want you to know your past, but I didn't tell you until now because I didn't want you to think all of it had to be your future." And that. I'm so grateful for that. Um, family is very important to me. Legacy is very important to me. I, 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 there's a little article I wear my grandma's ring 
every day because it's a ring she wore, and I always feel like I'm I can I feel safe, like I'm holding her hand still. Um, and I think the more you appreciate the mistakes, the celebration, the, everything, the more you can appreciate yourself and and continue to grow as a person. So, so I looked I looked to both my parents um, and 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 to their parents and to decisions that were made, um, right and wrong, and kind of go, okay, where does that sit in me, and how do I move forward in the world? And what lessons can we take from August Wilson's plays, uh, you know, the themes of inequality in America, the importance of community? Uh, when we look today at 2016, there are still deep divisions, uh, race divisions in our country. <laughs> yes. Um, Unfortunately, a lot hasn't changed. It's just being, a lot hasn't changed. It's not legal anymore, and it's being brought to the light in a way that I feel like America thinks is is new, but it's social media is just highlighting it. Did you want to add something, Christina, to that point? Um, That's basically it. That's a a whole nother, um, it's a whole nother segment, I think. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, and Thank God we have um, these plays to do to um, inspire people to keep talking about these issues. And yeah. Yeah, they bring us together. I did uh, the first time I directed piano lesson. I was the first African American um, director at a theater down in North Carolina. It's a fifty-two-year-old professional theater that had never done a black play. They did a musical, and they were taking a risk, which. You know, on a Pulitzer Prize Tony Award-winning play, um, and I went down there, and all of, all of the community came together. People that had never come to this theater, the whole African American community came together, and just watching, I always listen and on uh, you know, and intermissions in the bathroom lines, and people that had never that had been living three miles next to each other had never had conversations, started having conversations, and it outsold Christmas Carol. <laughs> I want to thank Jade King Carroll, director of the piano lesson at Hartford Stage. She's going to remain with us. Also, Christina Acosta-Robinson, who plays Bernice. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. When we come back from the break, we'll find out how the piano lesson encouraged local residents to explore the idea of legacy. What value do physical objects passed down through families carry beyond the historical? Stay with us. But first, if you appreciate WMPR and the local conversations here, here are some colleagues to tell you how to support this radio station. Good morning. I'm Christina Chiogai. I'm here with Tucker Ives this morning. And that's right. We just want to take a few minutes during our fall fun drive to go out and ask you, our loyal listeners, to please support us. You're here. You're tuned in. You're listening to Lucy and her guests today. And obviously you are a fan of where we live and WNPR and any of the programs that we offer. So please be that person that picks up the phone at 1-800-584-2788. Or go online, wnpr.org, and make a pledge of support that's at a level that is comfortable for you. Because you turn the radio on every morning, and you count on us being there. And in return, as that listener, we count on you. That's the model that we follow here at WNPR. So pick up the phone or go online and make that pledge of support that works best for you. 1-800-584-2788. Again, 1-800-584-2788. If you go to WNPR.org, the donate button is in the upper right-hand corner. We've got a new pledging system on there. It is 
quick and easy. You can even do it uh, by phone, not 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 by calling the phone, but uh, pulling up the internet on your phone and doing it that way. It is uh, becoming increasingly easy to give to WNPR, and your support will help ensure that Where We Live can keep doing the job that they do each and every day here on WNPR. Full disclosure, for probably five years or so, I was a producer and worked on uh, Where We Live, and to be perfectly honest, it's not an easy job. It's very time-intensive. It's resource-intensive. There is a ton of work that goes behind the scenes uh, just to make sure that we can book these guests, that we can prepare Lucy and uh, the hosts and the guests in the right way so that we can bring you the best conversation we possibly can. So when you hear a one-hour program, there are many, many hours that go on behind the scenes to make that happen. So your contribution will help us ensure that we can do that in the future. And um, maybe when you give, you can pick up a nice thank you gift as well. So give us a call at 1-800-584-2788 or WNPR.org. That number again is 1-800-584-2788. And Tucker, actually, we got word before we hopped online this morning that we came in so strong from John and Colin this morning that we've been given permission to do a 50% match. Perfect. We had some donors that were just so generous, and they wanted to contribute before the drive so that we could do one of these matches. So say, for instance, you go online or you give a call and you do a $100 donation. That means we're getting $150 between your donation and these generous donors that donated before the drive in anticipation of being able to do this. So pick up the phone, one 800 584 2788 or go online wnpr.org and make a pledge of support so that we can keep this programming online it's because of generous donors like you that we're able to do this and just like you all turn on the radio and you hope to hear colin or lucy or whoever those folks are that you enjoy or whoever those news reporters are that you appreciate the news that they bring we count on you and you count on us it's a great relationship, so pick up that phone so we can continue it. 1-800-584-2788. And Tucker and I have a great gift here that I would love to tell you about. I'm sure you've heard about it all morning, but it is a favorite. It is a seasonal classic. It's the L.L. Bean Balsam Reef. It is a phenomenal reef, and we were fortunate enough to have one in the office last year, and they are beautiful. One of the most striking things I enjoyed is that you could smell it. It was just that wintergreen, refreshing smell in the office. It was phenomenal. But it's four pounds of greenery. It has these gorgeous real pine cones on it, this striking reindeer moss. There are some fro crab apples and some berries. There's this lovely weather-resistant bow, and it starts shipping about end of November or so. We can send it anywhere out to the lower 40, 48 states, so, you know, check it off your list. Donate, get some holiday things going out to folks, and support. 1-800-584-2788. Look, we don't, or we're not dictating to you how much you should be giving. You can give it whatever amount you can. That's the model that we operate on, and that's how public media has always operated. So give us a call at 1-800-584-2788. We'll be going back to where we live in just a second. 1-800-584-2788 or wnpr.org. And thanks so much. 
This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Coming up Thursday, Connecticut is home to some of the wealthiest Americans in the country, and yet its cities are among the nation's poorest. Some say the first step to ending this inequality is to spread the wealth from thriving suburban areas to struggling urban areas. On the next Where We Live, we talk regionalization. Will Connecticut ever embrace it? Today, we're talking about the importance of legacy. Our conversation coincides with the opening of the piano lesson at Hartford Stage this Friday. Have you, do you have family heirlooms, and how have you passed your family's past your family's history and stories to your children. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. In studio with me is Jade King Carroll, director of the Piano Lesson at Hartford Stage. And joining us now is David Henderson. He's director of marketing sales and communications at Hartford Stage. David, welcome to where we live. Thank you. So tell us about the Legacy Project. Obviously, legacy is a theme that um, comes and goes throughout the whole play, the piano lesson. But how did you get the community inspired uh, to be part of the the idea of legacy? Well, you know, part of what we do is try to um, show the community how they can relate to any sort of play we do, whether it's a a Greek play or whether it's, you know, no matter where the play comes from, that there's something they can relate to. And this was one of those projects. And we're like, how can we bring this home to people? And one way we decided would be with social media and to use um, Humans of Hartford. Um, So it really became um, just a matter of finding people who wanted to participate. So we just started reaching out to our various circles of contacts that we'd worked on with uh, plays for several years. And then... um, slowly finding groups of people who were a lot of people were sort of put off at first they were like no no I don't have anything but then people started thinking and then circling back and saying well actually there is something I want to talk about you mentioned uh, humans of Hartford's photographer Nick Sinia tell us about his project so for the project, Nick, uh, well, first of all, Humans of Hartford, for the people who don't know what it is, uh, it was inspired by the original Humans Project, which is Humans of New York. And essentially, it's a photo essay project um, where the the person who runs the project just goes and talks to people on the street and asks them questions and sort of catches them right in the moment. Um, and Nick has this great ability to make people feel really comfortable and really open up about what they're thinking. Sometimes people talk about trivial things. Sometimes they talk about very serious things on the street to a stranger just because they they feel the need to express themselves. You mentioned it's hard sometimes to get people to open up. I I know what that that can mean. But you said that Nick was helping uh, get people interested in the legacy projects. How did you approach people to want to tell their family story? Well, you know, initially what we did was, you know, sort of being a little bit too much business-like, we created this letter that a whole committee of us would use <laughs> that someone artistic wrote, and we sent it out to tons of people, and like three people answered. And so that's when I thought, well, you know, like when I talk to people about this, they seem receptive. So we start. So each of us just started writing to our own friends and contacts and expressing it the way that we would. And what I talked about whenever I would write people would be to say, you know, this can be, you know, anything that's affected your life uh, that someone else has has left you that has meaning to you. It doesn't it can be inanimate or animate. And I think it just took some space to get people to. Think about what legacy really is. I don't think it's necessarily something you think about every single day. And then I think also it it took people to 
you know, like whenever you talk about, even if you talk about something like, you know, maybe a piece of jewelry that a family member sent you, that's still a private thing that you don't necessarily talk to a stranger about. So, you know, cause then when we, they knew we would be sending Nick to talk to them. So, you know, they had to think about, is this something I want to do publicly? Let's hear a clip from that conversation. Here's a, a Nick Sinia, who he photographed and interviewed uh, Connecticut's director of culture, Christina Newman-Scott. You know, I know that when David asked me this question, it was about kind of, do you have an object? Do you have this thing that is connects you? For me, even though those things are also meaningful, I think the remnants of the relationships the, or the relationship I had with my grandmother is exists in this phrase, right? The energy of her life for me exists in this phrase. So when I say it, it's almost like she's pushing me. Mm-hmm towards something. It's really powerful too because when it's when it's intangible, I think it's so much more powerful because it has the ability to impact you in a way that you don't you have not predetermined. Right. And so when I think about that, my hope is that with the legacy and this legacy her relationship to me is very personal so it has translated in this way to me that's going to be very different than my sister or my mother who she's you know very different and my hope is that that understanding of those what we would consider small moments that you share with somebody with something like a phrase that is so common to my people and in general to the world when people say things like this that can hold such power and so for me when I think about myself and my relationship with my own child and people who are in my life it just reminds me of like the power of of your spirit your identity and so I'm hopeful that it's the in-between space. It's these in-between moments that I really get energy from and that are very dear to me. And my hope is that I will leave that kind of space for others that are in my life. So we hear Christina Newman-Scott talking about a certain phrase from her grandmother that she carries with her. It can be a ring, like Jade uh, King Carroll mentioned from her grandmother. Um, I was thinking back to my my family's legacy. My parents are from India, and I have my mother's uh, beautiful emerald green sari. And I don't know how to wear a sari. It's been years. But I still have that sari with me. And sometimes, you know, I... I, I, I I brush my my hand against the fabric to rem- to remember um, the stories my mother told me um, about her wedding day. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. In studio with me is David Henderson. He's director of marketing, sales, and communications at Hartford Stage. Also, the director of the piano lesson at Hartford Stage. We hear about legacy in the work of August Wilson. Um, David, I understand you participated in, in the project as well. I did not oh. actually. <laughs> Jay did participate. Um, I was asked to. Um, Consider this, though, if you want to know what I thought of. Yes, please. <laughs> um, well, one reason I didn't participate is because the the item that I was thinking of is in storage, so I didn't actually have it to be photographed. But you know, my um, um, I became decided I was an atheist when I was thirteen, and I still am. And my mother was very religious, and that was sort of an issue between us for many, many years. And my mother collected all sorts of crosses 
on her walls. And she has one in particular that's made of sugar cane in Louisiana from where I grew up at. And um, I think, you know, what my mother taught me is that whenever you um, think that someone's beliefs are wrong, you're never going to change their mind by telling them they're wrong or that they're stupid or they're foolish. That's never going to work. It's never going to make things better for your relationship. It's never going to make things better for the world. And so this humongous uh, cross, which I'm 5'11", if I put it around my neck, it goes all the way down to the floor. It's it's supposed to be a work of art, and it is a work of art. It it reminds me of um, that. That's sort of like the most important thing that I've inherited because it's not so much the the piece itself as it is what it taught me. We have another clip of a mother and daughter who were interviewed for the Legacy Project in conjunction uh, with the uh, the piano lesson premiering at Hartford Stage this weekend. Here's Elise Taylor. She plays Maritha in the piano lesson, and her mother, Kathy. They're discussing the importance of family heirlooms and legacy. It's a Thomas Blackshear piece, and it's the threads that bind. That's the name of it. And many of the, my parents are collectors of, of these pieces, and so they have multiple ones. And so um, we started, my husband and I started to collect them. So he purchased this for me on my 37th birthday. And um, soon as I took it out of the box, my son said, oh, at least you can have that when mommy dies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You look mortified. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. And um, how old was he? He was Michael at the time was nine, and so you know he he doesn't have a filter. But (laughs) it is it's very very true that he recognized the significance of it, Um, and so I see it as the the grandmother who's passing on the tradition of the quilting and how the little girl is looking directly at the grandmother and then the mother is looking directly at the daughter and um, so so I did say yes Elise you can have this mm-hmm. um, and so she knows and so they all know which piece they can have um, but this one is is particularly significant because it talks about family and tradition and and the responsibility that we have to pass on traditions. So that's why I like it. It's so beautiful. Hopefully it will mean the same thing to her yeah. <laughs> someday. What do, what do you feel when you see it? Well, the first thing I feel when I see this is, you know, it's extremely nice to me. And the second thought I have is, I wonder where I'm going to put this when I get older. Mm-hmm. I want to make it front and center in my living room. And that's Elise Taylor. She plays Maritha in the piano lesson. Uh, so she's 10. Yes. And that other voice was her mom, Kathy. <clears throat> but she's understanding about uh, family history and legacy, you know, while her mother's still living. We don't have to wait until we've passed on and we've written it in our will that so-and-so, mm-hmm. we want you to have this. It's important to, to embrace it. Um, Jade Kincarroll, again, is in studio. She's director of the piano lesson. You know, why do you feel it's so important that these people share their stories now? I think that's a um, that's an important theme in the play too. Is is that we that we share our stories so much is passed passed on with how we share them, um, but that 
it, and it's not it's not just the physical piano. It's the stories that go around it and the acknowledgement of what we've been through. Um, I, I uh, legacy is so so important to me. It's it's I'm at, I'm at that age where I'm having the conversations I don't want to have with my parents about you know what happens when when they move on, and it's it's a really hard thing to talk about, but it needs to be talked about while people are still alive. Legacy can can happen with life. David, you mentioned earlier that it, you know, it was difficult to get um, some Connecticut residents to open up about legacy, but once they embraced the idea and thought about you know, these family heirlooms that have passed on, maybe just a, a statement or a phrase from a loved one, you know, what, are, what are you doing now with these stories? Well, what we're doing now is Nick is posting a story each day on Humans of Hartford, which is a Facebook page. Uh, that anybody can visit. And then we're actually working with a whole bunch of our nonprofit friends like the Harriet Beecher Stowe House and uh, the Mark Twain House, and they're all helping us share these stories with the community. Um, And so hopefully we'll bring awareness and make people think. I just got a nice um, email this morning from someone who saw one that we did where a young boy whose parents from Russia um, gave him this chess set, and he—he's still a boy. He looks like he's a teenager. As parents migrated here, and he said how you know this really resonated with this election, and he didn't elaborate. But you can imagine, like being um, you know a young child of an immigrant right now, and some of the things you might be hearing on the TV might give you pause. So it, it makes people think. David Henderson is Director of Marketing, Sales, and Communications at Hartford Stage. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Jade Kincarroll, Director of the Piano Lesson at Hartford Stage, opening this Friday. Thank you so much, Jade. Thank you. If you appreciate local conversations like this on Where We Live, here are a couple of my colleagues to tell you how to support WNPR. You can give us a call at 1-800-584-2788. Again, 1-800-584-2788. Go online to WNPR.org and click on the Donate button in the upper right-hand corner, whether you are on your phone uh, browsing mobily or uh, on your desktop computer at home or work. It is quick and easy to do. I'm Tucker Ives. I'm here with Christina. I'm sorry. I'm going to totally butcher your last name. Just could, could, could you just say it? Chio Gai. Chi- you got it. All right, good. So uh, we'll we'll edit that in <laughs> uh, in post um, for for uh, cl- cleanliness. Um, so I can pronounce that correctly. I apologize. You can give us a call at one eight hundred five eight four two seven eight eight. Make your contribution. Help support where we live. Help support Lucy Nalpathanchel and her team. Uh, who works so hard to bring you these conversations each and every day. We've had a great showing uh, so far this hour, and if you make a contribution uh, in the next couple of minutes, your contribution will be matched 50% by existing members who have stepped up before this fund drive in order to help encourage you to go to the phones at 1-800-584-2788 or WNPR.org. That's right, Tucker. Folks can reach us at 1-800-584-2788 or go online wnpr.org. And I have to say, Lucy, that was just really a great story this morning. And I'm going to tuck my hand a bit here, Tucker. Where We Live has always been a program that's been near and dear to my heart, Mm. even when I first started listening to WNPR. And this story is a great example because it 
I've always followed Humans of New York and, of course, Humans of Hartford when Nick picked that up. And to be able to turn on the radio and just hear a great story surrounding that, it just warms my heart. And it's something that has always endeared me to, you know, our NPR and WNPR colleagues. It's just something that you can always look forward to in the reporting and in the storytelling. I mean, it's the serious storytelling and reporting, but it's also opening a new door and seeing things in a new light or seeing things in the light of the person that created it or started it. And I've just always come to love that about our colleagues and the stories that we share. So if you do that too, and I know there are others out there that do because you're listening and you've supported in the past and so you can support again in the future, or if you turn on the radio every day and you listen and you're on the fence, is this the day I support? Well, it is. Pick up the phone, 1-800-584-2788, or go online just like I did so many years ago, wnpr.org, and donate now. You know, WNPR is here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So no matter when you turn it on, whether you are in your car, at home, doing some dishes or making dinner, or if you are uh, alone in the office today and just getting kind of lonely, WNPR provides that extra voice for you so that uh, we're not leaving you in the dark. We are trying to keep you well informed. We got a contribution from uh, Megan in Haddam, Connecticut, who uh, loves WNPR and all of the podcasts as well, including the NPR political show, uh, the NPR politics podcast, which is uh, available on iTunes. But we can only bring you those types of uh, shows and digital only assets because of listeners who support their local public radio station. There isn't some extra uh, fund that magically appears for these podcasts and other online specialties. Your listener contribution, when you donate to your local public radio station, that helps ensure that we can do these and meet you where you are. We can uh, help you out and make sure that wherever you are listening or attempting to listen, WNPR will be there for you. So give us a call at 1-800-584-2788. Again, 1-800-584-2788. Go online to WNPR.org. We've got a, some great thank you gifts. And thanks so much in advance.